When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right, guys, before we jump into a disappointing show, well, hopefully the show isn't disappointing, but the game was disappointing. Uh, we want to tell you about our friends over at Snooze Sleep and the Snooze Flip Mattress. Guys, I've been sleeping on this thing for a couple months now. I don't have enough great things to say about the Snooze Sleep Mattress. It's a four-in-one mattress, so you can flip it, you can mix it, you can match it. Basically, what you got there is a soft side, a firm side, a cool side, and a warm side, depending on the temperature, depending on the conditions, depending maybe you got a sore back, you want to flip it, make it a little softer, maybe you want to make it a little firmer. You have all those options with the Snooze Flip mattress, so make sure you check it out and use the code DNVR to save $500 on a queen mattress or $1,000 on a king mattress. Incredible savings from an incredible company on an incredible mattress. Check out Snooze Sleep. Number one for the one and only DNVR Two goes out to Zach Mace Arcade at the bar Three for Mr. B in that old trophy case Number four we're still waiting for We'll bring on the chase Out on the field at Mile High Broncos win is our desire Couple with brick Welcome to the DNVR Broncos post-game show. Coming to you live from Studio A at the DNVR Bar. The A stands for Absolute Letdown. From the offense specifically, we're going to get into all that. But first, a shout-out to our presenting sponsor, MSU Denver. Check them out, msudenver.edu. Slash online to see all they have to offer. The absolute best in online education. Bringing affordable, uh, bringing the real world into the classroom with affordable classes. Check them out, msudenver.edu. Slash online tonight. Uh-oh. What <laughs> was that? I mean, Hank, do we get a horn here or a disappointed cow or something? Honk. Yeah. Oh, disappointed cow. Yeah. Isn't that what you do? I mean, <laughs> that, I, that I does kind of sound like a disappointed cow. I forget Boo. all the things you do. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Oh. Um, <laughs> probably too many laughs already for this entire pod with yeah. what we just saw. But this was so bad, you, you just have to laugh to get your way through this. Broncos defense lives up to the task. Their offense and special teams, terrible. Terrible. I mean, we're getting John in here saying F, Thomas in here saying F. Yeah, F to F. the offense. F to the defense. F. No, and, uh, not to the defense. Oh, no, no, not, uh, to the offense yeah. and special teams. Yeah. Defense did their job. Yeah, this was um, 
what a letdown because it was all right there for them. Um, you've got a fourth down inside the 10-yard line with a chance to make it a tie game in a game which, let us remember, your defense truly only gives up 13 points. I originally tweeted out as 16. Someone reminded me, three of those are on a muffed punt. Special teams. Yep. And they didn't give up a touchdown there, so that they don't get they don't get any minus points for that on defense. Guys, they gave up 13 points. And they had the ball inside the 10-yard line, weren't able to uh, convert there. And this, you know, this is going to go in the books as what looks like a pretty easy win for the Kansas City Chiefs, but it really wasn't like that. And if it weren't for absolute incompetence, from number one, in my opinion, Teddy Bridgewater, and number two, Pat Shermer, um, this would have potentially been a win for the Denver Broncos. And I understand all the frustration out there in Broncos country tonight about the quarterback position specifically in Look, it's just, <laughs> I should have known better. I picked the Broncos to win. Uh, and I just thought maybe they could get some of those big plays from Teddy Bridgewater on third down, escape the pocket, you know, complete it. He was just off all night. Um, never had any juice, never had any great throws to speak of um, across the entire game. And this is what happens. They have Patrick Mahomes, who, by the way, the Broncos defense holds to the worst passer rating of his entire career tonight. But he makes a couple big plays here and there. And, and guess what, guys? The Broncos defense only gives up 13 points. It's too many. Yep. Because the offense scores nine. Yep. I mean, they made this Kansas City defense continue to look elite. I was worried about this defense more than I was Patrick Mahomes coming coming into this game, and it sounded crazy to say, but Vic Fangio, credit to him. He's done a pretty damn good job against Patrick Mahomes as the Broncos head coach slash defensive coordinator since being here. Remember, when the Chiefs put up 30 points and blew out the Broncos on Thursday night football, that wasn't Patrick Mahomes. That was, yep. who was it? I don't even remember what backup quarterback that was. <laughs> Vic Fangio did yeah. his job, guys. He made Patrick Mahomes bad tonight. Oh. He made Andy Reid look absolutely average. He made Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill look like just a tight end and another wide receiver. And it was this offense that completely let the team down from the quarterback to the offensive coordinator. Pretty much every single person outside Javante of Javante Williams. Williams. <laughs> yeah. uh, just absolutely crazy how incompetent this offense was guys and it's six and six this offense the way they played today felt like the one in ten and one Detroit Lions offense not a team that is still in the playoff hunt as crazy as that is and sure. today guys coming into the game I said the Broncos had everything to win nothing to lose in this game except if it was a really terrible defeat then it was really going to take the wind out of the sails and that's what exactly what the Broncos offense did yeah they said defense you're going to hold this in it. You're going to keep this thing going. You're going to make it seem like we have a chance at the playoffs. But no, we're going to take it all away. And now their backs are against the wall. You know, I was just running through that 538 simul simulator. All you got to do, you beat the Lions. After that, you beat the Bengals. Then all of a sudden, you've got a 31% chance at the playoffs. That's after two wins. And <laughs> I know. You got to go back to back to get almost to one in three. But this is how this season goes. Yep, it just sure. is. You have this exhilarating win against the Chargers. Everything's in front of you. And then you let down. And honestly, guys, fans could have lived with 22-21 tonight. Um, fans could have lived with 22-17. 
Fans probably could have lived a 22-14. Yeah. 22 to 9. Right. 22 to 9 is so utterly lackluster from that offense that fans are livid right now and and I don't blame them. And it's it's an absolute failure from the offensive side of the ball to keep you in a football game where your defense put on arguably the best performance anyone has ever put on against Patrick Mahomes. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So let's get to specifics, guys. What do we think of, I guess, first, that 20-play drive? Guys, it's the longest drive the Broncos have had since 2001, not only in 20 plays, but in time of possession, nearly an entire quarter. I mean, that's something you only see in Madden when you're playing six-minute quarters and you have a drive that's five yeah. minutes and 20 seconds. And I you're love like, that wow, you're making almost, those references Almost now. the entire quarter. <laughs> no, that's what the Broncos did in real life. And, guys, what happens is they go for it three times on fourth down there. And to me, I loved every single one of them. I just didn't like – so I loved it from Vic Fangio's standpoint going for it. He was playing <laughs> to win right there. He wasn't playing to cover or be close with the Chiefs. He was playing to win. But what do you think – of that fourth and two call and that sequence there at the end. So I, I think they called it backwards. Uh, on third and two, <laughs> I, I believe, was it a play action pass or was it a straight drop? I think, you know, it was a shotgun. Yeah. Straight, yeah. So on third and two, they passed the ball, which obviously doesn't work. Uh, and then on fourth and two, they run the little inside, whatever you want to call it, inside zone counter kind of thing. Yeah. Um, like a trap or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Quinn Miners, uh, rookie, he misses the block, and, uh, and and you miss it. For me, they got it backwards. I want to call that run play on third down and just say, hey, let's go with our guy. And if he doesn't get it, then I want to call the pass play on fourth down, not because I love Teddy Bridgewater, but because Sounds there's like multiple it. outlets. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, you look once, you know, you look left, it's not there. You look right, it's not there. You try to run. Maybe you flip it out to Javante in the flat. There's so many more options yeah. than when you run the ball and it's just, let's hope we get it. Again, I don't have any problem with running the ball in one of those two plays. I'd like to see that flipped. Uh, and if you are going to run it on fourth down, I'd like to see you go outside because that's where Javante Williams was really crushing them tonight is he gets outside, he gets a one-on-one matchup with the DB, and he runs them over. Um, we saw that with Tyron Matthew once. We saw that with a couple other guys throughout the game. And you just give him a little bit of a, more of a chance to make a play. In that inside style run, you know, Willie Gay makes a nice play and just jumps on his back. And he's just, there's just nothing he can do. There's nowhere he can go. So I felt like they, they messed up the play call there. To be honest, a lot of coaches in that situation will say, man, a 20 play, how many minutes was it? 11.06 or something. 11 minute drive. We might just need to just make sure we don't get out of here empty-handed and kick the field goal. I'm not going to go revisionist history and say that that's what they should have done because I absolutely am going to say go for it every single time before the play call. But I will say a lot of coaches will will say we cannot come away empty-handed here. It doesn't matter because they did need a touchdown there to win this game, uh, and they didn't get it. So I didn't like the play calls. I mostly didn't like the order of the play calls. Yeah, and, and I agree. I like I like the call to go for it. You know, for as great as that defense played, 
Early in the game, you know, first drive, they give up a 12-play touchdown drive. Next drive, they gave up a nine-play field goal drive. You get a quick, I think, first down on the first play and then force a quick punt after that. Still, at that point, you're not looking at this game as a game where the defense is going to beat up on the Chiefs. Yeah, And true. so when you see all that happening, you got to be trying to get a touchdown. You know, you play a good team, you need touchdowns to win, not field goals. I'm, I'm all good with that call. I agree, though. And I wonder if... If Pat Shermer knew they were going for it on fourth down, was that communicated to him? Did he think on third down that that kind of was his last chance and that's why he called the boot or the bootleg, the pass, whatever it was? Or did he really know that, that he could just pound the rock here, see if he could pick it up, and then figure things out from there? I, uh, I don't hate the run call. I agree, like, running outside would have made sense. If you're going to run it inside, maybe get a little bit heavier. Maybe don't just run into that little bunch of receivers over there on a fourth down. Um, I like the call. You you, you got to go try for those touchdowns, but uh, was that the right running play? Not necessarily. And was there communication? Is my big question. Yeah. Did he know very, he had two tries? Very very fair question. You gotta mm-hmm. hope so. Yeah, you, you, do. you would really really hope, especially with how Vic was earlier in that drive, where it was clear we're going for it on fourth mm-hmm. and fourth and inches. We're going for it on fourth and seven. Of course, we're gonna go mm-hmm. for it on fourth and two if you don't get this pass, Pat Shermer. And to me, guys, I. That's a huge play. You got to break mm-hmm. out something a little fancy on there, or at least something with multiple. Your two point conversion play. Yes, exactly. So I agree with you there. However, guys, what have we been saying? Just give the ball to Javante, and that's at least mm-hmm. what Pat Shermer did. The execution has to get some heat there. And Ryan, you yes. gave the execution some heat there as well. But to me, none of that. This is on Vic Fangio. None of that play in series. It's all on. Why are we doing just a basic little handoff? Uh, to Javante, really and then and then question. also just mm-hmm. just the execution there. So uh, again, what does this all lead to? Vic Fangio didn't do anything wrong. This was all on the offense. Pretty much every component of the offense, kind of I guess outside of Javante Williams, even though he got stuffed. What's he supposed to do? Break yep. it, break multiple tackles and guys are on him and hitting him behind the line. Can we just take a little bit of time here to talk about Javante Williams? Yeah. Incredible. Uh, he's our he's our DraftKings king of the game. Uh, leads the team in rushing and receiving. That's what's on the graphic. It doesn't even it doesn't even capture how vast the stats were. 179 all-purpose mm-hmm. yards for Javante Williams, and I guess I should just say total yards because all-purpose includes punt returns and kick returns. He didn't have any of that. 172 rushing and receiving yards combined, and a touchdown. He's he was by far the Broncos' best option on offense. It wasn't even close. And the only problem is that the Broncos weren't able to capitalize on anything that he created for them. Mm-hmm. Meaning, look, you cannot go through an entire drive and just hand it to him every single time. So you're going to have to take yep. advantage of the third and ones. You're going to have to take advantage of the second and ones and get a play-action play and beat someone deep. They weren't able to... I've never seen anything like this where an offense was gashing a defense in a certain way and weren't able to create any sort of... Um, you know, like secondary elements to the offense coming off of that. I honestly think the Chiefs just said, like, go ahead, keep running it. How much are you really going to do it? We don't trust you to run it that much. And to be fair to Pat Shermer, he went to it a lot. Yes. He stuck with it. He really stuck with it. But the Broncos weren't able to create anything off of it. In fact, you know, they run uh, a nice little – it's like a classic Madden concept, right, where you go play action and then you have the deep hook – with the deep over coming mm-hmm. behind it, it looks like a nice play. Teddy just somehow doesn't see a robber sitting right there in the mm-hmm. middle of the field, throws it directly at him. 
there's just like so many little plays like that where yep. I kept thinking, oh, okay, here comes the big play action shot. They're going to have to bite eventually. They, they fooled Teddy over and over again by mixing up who they were dropping, you know, on that, on that play action play that I'm talking about, mm -hmm. they dropped Tyron Matthew. And I just know that's who Teddy was looking at. And he says, okay, if Tyron drops, I throw the deep hook. If he goes to the hook, I throw the deep over. He didn't watch and see that, um, who was it, Sneed? No, it wasn't Sneed. Thornhill yeah. mm -hmm. was just sitting right there waiting for it. it. It was just baffling to me that they weren't able to create anything off of Javante Williams. But I don't want to talk about – I was going to say, about, there's, there's uh, not many positive things <laughs> to talk about, Ryan. Javante Williams is an absolute star. Um, yep. He At one point in the game, he has 79 rushing yards, 71 of them after contact. Looking at you, offensive line, that's not a good stat for you. <laughs> yeah. um, but looking at you, Javante Williams, that is a fantastic stat for you. It's it's crazy that he only averaged 4.4 yards per carry because he was falling forward every single time yep. he touched the ball. And it honestly, I, I thought the way he played, it looked like he was averaging 7 yards per carry tonight because he was getting the He's 9 getting yards. getting hit 3 yards behind the line it, of scrimmage. It, exactly. And one of the things that Javante did great, and which is a huge thing for him, is he was reading the holes right. When there were <laughs> holes... He was reading them right. Instead of what he was doing kind of the first half of the season was he was getting the 13-yard runs where he's carrying guys but then not reading the hole right and kind of just getting one yard because he's running into the back of offensive linemen. He was doing that right today, and that is huge. And credit to Pat Shermer running him 23 times, 102 yards. And, guys, I swear the stat people change the stats after the game. Javante Williams, leading rusher, of course. Jerry Judy at the end caught him by one yard in, as, mm. in the receiving game, oh. 77 yards. Javante Williams only had 76. But, guys, what is this game like without Javante Williams? It'd be bad. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, it'd oh be my bad. Goodness. And, and also, one more thing really quick. Mike Boone, Javante Williams is bleeding off on Mike Boone and these other guys. I mean, Mike Boone Angry runs. running yep. out there with anger. He comes out and runs for 8.8 .8 yards per carry, and he looks just like Javante Williams. And I got to think that that is a credit to Javante, just the way he runs. Yeah, it really is. And I said before the game that it was going to hurt not having Melvin Gordon. I don't really think it did. Um, Javante's biggest issue, and when I compare him to Melvin Gordon throughout the season, has been consistency. You really didn't see Javante getting stuffed a lot tonight. I mean, maybe there was three times where he ended up with one. But a lot – I mean, his patience over the course of the season has gotten so much better. You watch some of those, um, you know, inside or outside zone plays out of the shotgun, and he's just waiting, 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 and then bursts up and gets four. Really impressed with him tonight in terms of his consistency per run. Not just the boomer bust stuff. I don't think he had one – what was his longest run of the game? It was 14 yards. Exactly. Mm -hmm. That that exactly highlights what I'm talking about. Um, everything between 4 and 14, it really felt like, other than a couple stuffs there. Um, and then Mike Boone, you mentioned him. He looked electric, and it, and it kind of grinds my gears um, because both Javante and Melvin are kind of m more along the thunder and the thunder or lightning uh, you know, question. Mike Boone's definitely the lightning. I'd like to see him just involved more to try and create explosive plays out of the running game. Um, a little bit frustrating to me when I saw how explosive he looked that he hasn't gotten more opportunities this year. Well, what was weird is in training camp, he looked just like this. Yeah. He looked like the explosive. He looked like the lightning. Mm -hmm. And then uh, the season came around, and I thought, maybe he's really bad in the meeting rooms yeah. or just something where he can't get the coaches' trust at all. But then to see it happen on the field today, yeah, Ryan, I, I agree with you. The, and yeah. Oh, I'll let you go, Henry. Yeah, there was run that, one run that stands out. 
where like everything was open toward the edge. Oh yeah, he and he bounce. just plowed right straight forward in the back of the lineman. It to winds be fair, up being like zero yards. That is better though than when there's so when there's something inside and you have the propensity to kick it outside and for sure. stuff. For sure, but still there was more out there for him. I think he ended up with three, and and a coach will tell you I'd much rather you go up and get three than constantly bounce and get mm -hmm. zero. Still, but if it, the yards are there. No, yeah, it's a vision thing, and that's the reason why Mike Boone is mm -hmm. a third-string running back is mm -hmm. probably because he doesn't have the, the eyes to notice that there was so much room outside there. And again, he got one or, or five carries tonight, and you have that, that bone to pick on one of them, and we just haven't seen a large enough sample size. Is that something that happens 20% of the time, or is this one in 30? And, you just, and that's the thing is you just like to see it more. And when they were using him earlier, it was mostly in that like jet motion, that fake jet motion, whatever, and, and I don't know. There isn't a lot of it. Yeah, no, there, there isn't a lot of it. And guys, to me, this touches on a much bigger issue, way beyond Mike Boone and two players in particular. Uh, and that's something that I think is a bigger, uh, that, that, that we need to talk about because I think it's more than just the players. It goes to Pat Shermer. And that's something that we need to talk about. And we're going to talk about it that on the other side. First, I want to give a shout out to everyone who came out to the DNVR bar tonight. I mean, packed bar people just begging pleading for something to go crazy about the bar was so electric it was so electric i mean the pat sertan interception yeah, got everyone yeah. going um i mean the first first down of the game which took long enough to get to but people are going crazy yeah, people i are, mean what is this bar gonna be like when the broncos are truly in the playoffs i know we've now had two primetime games of the dnvr bar two incredible crowds yeah uh, 25 total points scored from the Broncos in those two games. Ah, uh, 12 and a half. Man, it, may, it makes Oof. you wish they had as many as they did in the Cleveland game tonight. It, it does. <laughs> 14 might have made this a game. Oh. Um, frustrating. Very, very frustrating. And and we honestly haven't even talked about, like, the Teddy Bridgewater interception that goes for six. Um, the You know, a lot of this stuff that skews this game. This game is a total – the Travis Kelsey catch and fumble, which I fully believe was a catch and fumble. Mm -hmm. I, th I think if they called it catch and fumble on the field, they never would have overturned it either. It was so one of those – So did Mike Vrabel. Yeah, it was one of those if it's over it, – whatever they call on the field wasn't yeah. going to be overturned. Yep, yep, yep. And that's a totally different game. Too. That's a tie game. And if they let the play go, exactly. Right. It's a Simmons tie game a if they let the play go. Do you guys think that changes the, uh, the game? Oh, yeah. Yeah, of course. I don't think so at all. Huh. This, Bron this Broncos offense was going to do, do nothing. Do you mean do I, do I think it changes the outcome? Yeah. No. Yeah. Okay. Well, then I, I agree. I agree. It changes like the final score and things, but I mean, maybe the Broncos cover in that in that sense. But it, this Broncos offense huh. was so putrid. I think yeah. it'd make it a 50-50 game. Anyways, the the bar was absolutely popping tonight. <laughs> you got to come down here and hang out for a game, um, even if the game doesn't turn out the way that you mm -hmm. want. I feel like everyone had a good time here tonight. There's actually. Still a decent crowd down there having a good time listening to Rage Against the sh Machine right now. <laughs> um, I feel like the Broncos raged against the yeah. machine that is the uh, Chiefs offense today. The music tonight has been very fitting after the game. Yeah, uh, but anyways, <laughs> got to come down, got to check it out, got to get a Breck Brew, a Hassle Cattle, Burger, whatever it is. I know we're, I just been, become privy that we're making a couple uh, menu changes, Ooh. some exciting new uh, items coming here Speaking in a second. Of changes. So there you go. 
Um, come check us out. Come hang out. And appreciate everyone who came out tonight. It was a blast. Despite the Broncos not making Denver look like an appealing place to be, it still is very much the hot place to be. <laughs> and if you're trying to move here or refinance, you got to check out Mike and Virginia Chevalier over at Chevalier Mortgage. They've been with us for a long time now. And not only supporting them, but guys, they're going to support you getting the best interest rate out there. And it's more than just a mortgage rate for them. What they look at is your entire financial picture, which is so key when you are look when you're looking at buying a house or refinancing and they can do that because Michael Chevalier is a certified financial planner meaning he can look at more than just one rate for you and guys if you go to dnvrmortgage.com they're giving a fun perk for dnvr members they're giving you a chance to win a free dnvr shirt or hat of your choice and most importantly you get set up with a free consultation which is so hard to come by so make sure to check them out over at dnvrmortgage.com whether you want to refinance or buy a home check out our friends over at chevalier mortgage michael chevalier nmls 1931006 virginia chevalier nmls 1910631 what else we got Breck Brews, baby. Breck Brews, the absolute best uh, beer out there. Henry, what did you have tonight along the uh, Breck Brews slate? Um, I had that really big seltzer. Oh, yeah. I think it was uh, the Mountain Berry. Yeah, yeah. yeah. A little, uh, good company hard Big seltzer. Yeah, yeah those, yeah. Are, those are very good. I'm looking across the room very at a strong. beautiful Christmas ale keg <laughs> right now. Oh, those uh, are you want to be a legend at your yeah. family's holiday party? Come through with the Christmas ale mini keg. Um, we've got eight of them on tap here at the DNVR bar. If you do come hang out and of course you can use the Breck brew locator to find whatever you're looking for along the lines of beer. Um, I recommend strawberry sky went to the uh, buffs basketball game yesterday. Allie got a strawberry sky. She turned to me and just said, it's always strawberry sky season. And I was like, ah. You were so proud. <laughs> I was so proud. I was like, wow, it's my girl right there. Uh, and it really is always strawberry sky season. Even when it's Christmas ale season or vanilla Porter season, it's always strawberry sky season. It's always Breck brew season uh, because there's never a bad time to drink a delicious Breck brew. Ryan, I talked. I said right before the break that the Mike Boone uh, thing about him playing really well, and then we're like, wait, wait, wait. Why hasn't he played at all this year? I'm really concerned about Cortland Sutton and Tim Patrick since they signed their big deals. Actually, way before since they signed their big deals. They've been completely non-existent, specifically Cortland Sutton. M-I-A. And guess what? He was again tonight. And now, I don't think Cortland Sutton is a bad player all of a sudden. I don't think Tim Patrick has lost his love for the game. No, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying, why is Cortland Sutton getting, let's see, like 105 passing yards the past five games? He's averaging 21 passing yards, receiving yards in the past five games. I think it's on a little bit on Cortland Sutton, some on Teddy Bridgewater, and... Uh, Pat Shermer. What what is going on here? And that is just something where this Broncos offense, guys, whether it's it's not running the ball, it's your star receivers not getting the ball. Every week, it seems like we're asking major questions about why is the offense doing this or more so not doing this? And it just all, except for one game, it all redirects for Pat to Pat Shermer. Yeah, and I'm going to make a point this week to watch the All-22 because mm-hmm. that's where you can really find out, oh, was Cortland Sutton open on a deep post and Teddy didn't trust it and checked it down because he did that a lot tonight. He checked it down, and Javante Williams was the beneficiary of all mm-hmm. that, uh, making plays for them. What's was, you know, was Tim Patrick open on the deep end, but he had moved off of that side of the field. A lot of times tonight, I don't really think you can design this as a defense. It was just lucky for the Chiefs. They brought pressure from the same side that all the routes were going. 
And then Teddy Bridgewater's rolling out the other way, and every route on the field is going away from him. And again, I don't really think you can predict that as a defense. A little bit lucky on their on their uh, part. But there's a lot of things like that where it's like, oh, we're, are those guys getting open and Teddy's not giving them the ball? Or is Pat Shermer doing a terrible job of getting those guys favorable matchups? Yeah, yep. well, and re really quick, six targets for Cortland Sutton, five for Tim Patrick. So not like it's not like they were each getting two targets. But still, I mean, this production is so bad. Cortland Sutton mm -hmm. is a double-digit target player. He should be getting looked at 10 times a game at least. The past five games, he's not even like a double-digit catch guy. No. Combined. Yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and it's just shocking. I mean, even on the fourth down, you see, like, what a, what a good player. Like, he runs a fantastic route on that fourth down. Makes the corner think he's going the outside release fade. Comes right back, gets it, you know, scoots across the line. And it's just like, these are the types of plays because – Look, they went to that outside release fade, I don't know, three times in the game. Um, one, I think twice for Cortland, one for Tim Patrick, or maybe the other way around. And it wasn't there mm -hmm. because those corners, you know, I kept saying all week the Broncos are going to need to get something vertical, going to need to get something vertical. And I think KC knew that. Yeah. So they just said, we're taking yeah. away vertical. But, okay, so run the, you know, comeback. Uh, run that slant that they ran on that fourth down. And uh, Chris Collins were set it late in the game when Jerry Judy had a slant for you know 12 yards he's like i think this was the the route for the broncos offense tonight and they didn't go to it nearly enough i couldn't agree more if those guys are going to play off and not want to give you anything deep you know yep. part of the slant from a wide receiver standpoint is selling a little bit of the fade go two steps hard and cut in if they're taking away that, they can't take away the slant. Right. So go back to that all game. It's Absolutely. something that we know Teddy can throw. And, and super quick, before I before I let you talk, Henry, uh, DK makes a great point. He says, I can't believe it was until garbage time when Jerry Judy got his second mm -hmm. catch. Now Jerry Judy ends with four catches for 77 yards. So at the end of the game, the stats look good. But, I mean, you talk about your big three all being completely non-existent the whole game until Jerry Judy has some garbage time stats. Absolutely. And, you know, you think about what Cortland Sutton does well. And I think you start with, like, the 15-yard in or, like, the little comeback route or maybe it's a post. And from there, you think, like, the deep routes. And then from there, it's a little underneath stuff. That's not that he's bad at it, but that's probably what he's the worst at comparatively. Similar for Tim Patrick. What is Teddy Bridgewater good at? It's all the little underneath stuff first. And then he can lob up a deep ball because that's not too arm strength reliant. And then it's kind of that mid-range, 15-yard downfield type of thing. And I think that, first of all, those receivers just don't mesh all that well with what I think Teddy Bridgewater wants to do. And I think that's going to cause some problems. You but know, shouldn't you, Jerry Judy mesh well with what Teddy Bridgewater wants should. to do? I still think his strength is in that same range, and then it gets to the inside stuff and then to the deep stuff. But yes, absolutely. But then you brought up, like, he's rolling out the, the wrong way from where his routes are. First of all, I don't care where the pressure comes from. You need to know no, where it's possible yeah. to make a play. Right. And there is that out there, too. And if there were, what, three well, or four of those plays? There was one, though, where he runs for a third and ten because he ran where there was no defenders because mm -hmm. all the routes had carried them away. Yeah. Right. But if there's three or four of those plays where you wind up with an incompletion because all the receivers are on the other side of the field, and there's three or four more plays where he hits a defensive back in the hands and he drops the interception... All of a sudden, you're talking about six or eight incompletions right there. And sure, he finishes, what, like 22 of 40? A lot of that was really late. And yes. a lot of this other stuff happened earlier in the Sub game. Sub 50% for most of the game. Exactly. And that's what I think is missing is just 
that's that's where the gap in the production was and on do, those two sorts of plays. I do think we do need to give a, a bit of credit to the Kansas City defense tonight. For sure. Because I don't feel like they gave anything easy. Now, I do think part of that is the Broncos' fault for not taking what was there. Mm -hmm. um, and not, not, not necessarily Teddy not throwing it, Pat Shermer not calling it. Seeing what they're giving and calling plays that take advantage of that, I feel like there was a big mis, uh, mishap there. There's pressure all night. Um, Garrett Bulls and Bobby Massey come back, and you think, okay, that's going to really help them hold up. It didn't. Uh, they, you know, that's the one excuse I'll make for Teddy is he was under pressure most of the night. Mm -hmm. But on the place where he wasn't under pressure, such as the pick he throws right to Juan Thornhill, he wasn't making plays either. Um, so all this aside. Does Pat Shermer need to be served his walking papers when he walks in tomorrow? After a performance like this, you can absolutely justify it. And look, this is the time when teams are making changes. Heck, this morning, uh, Joe Brady, I thought like he was the next hot name to be a head coach. He's fired by, by the, the Carolina Panthers. So this is something, don't you typically do this to try to save your season? This would be a time to save your season mm -hmm. at 6-6. Six and six. Now, you can look at it one of two ways. Uh, one way... How did the Broncos' offense look when they didn't have Pat Shermer? 13 even points worse. at home. Now, now, not worse than today, but it looked bad. So, if you make against the move... Against the Eagles, yeah. makes it worse than against the Chiefs, who have been really good for the last six weeks. Mm -hmm. So, if you make the move, I don't want to see your quarterback coach, Mike Shula, be the one who takes over. I want to see it be Zach Azani, someone else. Because don't just do what you know doesn't work. Mm -hmm. So, if they want to make that move, I don't have confidence that they're not going to just go their quarterback coach so if you're going to just go to quarterback coach might as well keep it the same because if you're going to change things just to change things and you don't actually think it's going to help then keep it the same way because then you're just putting more pressure on Mike Shula to do two jobs at once but if you're willing to do something crazy like make your wide receiver coach make your running back coach the offensive coordinator then I'm down for it and mm -hmm. then you can look at it on the on the other side and say well it's got to get better next week right I mean they're playing the Lions well couldn't that be a nice introductory way for Zach Azani to get his first game in the NFL call and plays. Couldn't that be a nice way to get things started? And then, heck, if you lose to the Lions, okay, I mean, this thing's done anyways. You're going to fire everyone regardless at the end of the season. You ready for my crazy idea of You're the night? you going to say keep <laughs> I love it. No. Oh. <laughs> not that crazy. Make Vit the OC? Nope. <laughs> That'd be crazy. All right. <laughs> Up, who's, the, who's one of the biggest up-and-coming offensive coordinators in the NFL right now? Joe Brady? Kellen Moore. Who's Kellen Moore? A former Boise State ah. quarterback. Give the play sheet to Brett Rippon. Let Let's Brett Rippon call the plays against the Detroit Lions. He's got coach written all over him from head to toe. If not this week, one day he's going to be a coach in the NFL. Take your chances of getting the hot up and coming name. I'm being half serious at most here, but it's a better idea than giving it to Mike Shula because Mike Shula was atrocious mm -hmm. against the Eagles. In fact, if he had a good game that game, I don't know if Pat Shermer would have coached this game. Right. Mm -hmm. But he was so bad that Vic probably looked around and said, what am I going to do, fire Pat? Right. <laughs> and hire this guy? Yeah. Yep. So yep. Um, give, the, give the sticks to Brett Rippon. I want to see what happens. <laughs> and then that means Drew Locke's your quarterback since Brett, Brett's not letting Drew sit. Come on, that's his guy. <laughs> I think he'll let him sit. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I don't mind it. I, I I don't necessarily think that this was Pat's worst game. I think that if you're saying, like, which game gets him fired, this was a bad game for sure. But if you just, like, first of all, go through and look at, like, the run pass call. For the most part, I think I, he did well. In terms of a specific play call, 
obviously there's the fourth down scenario that, that we disagree with, but there have been games in the past where there's been like five plays where I'm like, what are you thinking there in a game? And that just wasn't the case tonight. In this game, it was like you said, it was a bunch of the big picture stuff. You did not find a way to beat this defense, and that's on you. I don't really look at specific plays. At the same time, like you've seen it over and over and over again. The offense is incompetent. I don't know who you put there, but you could totally justify replacing Pat Shermer after this game. If you're the head coach, are you firing him? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I would have fired him weeks ago. But yeah, I wouldn't. If I took over now, yes, I would fire him. I guess the, the big question is just who are you appointing? Because, like I said, you're just... You cannot justify Mike Shula. Do you just reach out to Joe yeah. Brady? Be like, hey, come no, come hang be, out. No, because you can't change the scheme. He knows Let's Teddy go. B, doesn't he? Or did he just get hired this year? No, he was there last year. Yeah. Teach him the playbook. <laughs> Teach him the playbook. Tell him tell yeah. him just to call he these plays. He led Teddy Bridgewater to a 30-point performance he against did. the Chiefs. Yeah, he also got Teddy Bridgewater fired. I guess they kind of maybe both got each you other fired. You realize if the Broncos could have scored 30 points tonight, they would have blown out the Chiefs. Yep, how crazy is that? I mean, all the Broncos had to do was put up 23 points. Mm -hmm. But not even, because if their offense was competent, right. they probably yeah. would have scored 10. Yep. yep, yep. And so that brings it to it. So are you keeping Pat Shermer? All the circumstances are the exact same as they are right now. I would love to fire him. I really would. I don't think you have a better option. Man, that's, that's, and the, that's, that's the, the biggest indictment. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't be shocked if it happens, though. I'd love to see it, but I I don't want to see Mike Shula. Yeah, and, and I agree. That Bring Zach Azani, someone else. And by the way, it's not as if Mike Shula is some unknown. He's also a failed former offensive coordinator. Yep, yeah, absolutely. I mean, one from uh, Carolina. Right. Speaking of Carolina offensive coordinators. And then, so, guys, that brings it to the other guy, Teddy Bridgewater. Should he be replaced? One sec. <sighs> Quickly, if you're watching anywhere other than YouTube, we'd love for you to flip over to YouTube. If you are on YouTube, we'd love for you to hit us with a thumbs up, even if you're upset over the loss. We all are, too. Um, but we're here commiserating together. We appreciate thumbs up. Uh, helps us get in front of new Broncos fans and expand our family. Um, replace Teddy Bridgewater with who? Exactly. Brett Rippin also. <laughs> yes. You know what? Player coach. Play caller. I love it. What's the meme? You son of a bitch, I'm in. <laughs> Make Brett the starter and the play caller. Oh, no, man. No. Yeah, that would be. And then Kendall Hinton is your backup? There's, there's nowhere to turn. No, there, there I know, isn't. I know people want to go down the Drew Road. It's been so bad this season in the small sample size that we've seen. It's similar to how I feel about Mike Shula. Right. It's like you saw what it looks like out there. Uh, it's worse. It's worse. If you lose against the Lions, sure. Just see if Drew can get hot or something. Why not? Because and, there's nothing to lose. And, but. and that's my question to you, Henry, is who gives the Broncos a better chance to win next week? Is it Teddy Bridgewater or Drew Locke? Pretty much Teddy playing Teddy Bridgewater mm -hmm. is a guaranteed win. It, it, it's it's 100% Teddy Bridgewater in this coaching staff. And the Broncos are 6-6. Six and six. I, even after today, I'm not ready to give up on this season yet. And going to Drew, you are 100% giving up on this season. You'll still have four games after next week to give up on the season if next week goes yeah. off the rails as well. Give it one more game, and then you're going to give it another game after that because the Broncos are going to beat the Lions. Good thing the Lions won today. You get that off their back. <laughs> now they're just going to cruise to the offseason. Broncos are going to win next week. Broncos are going to have a winning record, and the season is still going to be intact. When you're out of the playoffs, fine. But right now, Drew's not going to be any better than Teddy. The, yeah. re the same reason why Teddy won the starting job is the exact reason why you do definitely don't make a change this weekend, which is you're playing against 
bad teams, just like they were in the first three games of the season, and you take the quarterback with the lowest variance. Teddy Bridgewater's variance is pretty low. Now, what do we know about him now, especially as the sample has grown? The bigger the game, the worse he plays, um, which sucks really bad, really sucks. But it's not. It's they're gonna probably like win like twenty four to zero next week. You know what's crazy? If I were to tell to tell you before this game that the Broncos have hundred and fifty four rushing yards on five yards per attempt on thirty one rushes, and Teddy Bridgewater has a better passer rating than Patrick Mahomes, what do you say in this game is? Sounds like a winner. <laughs> yes, it does. <laughs> Obviously, stats can be misleading, mm-hmm. and that kind of proves it there. But that also shows how good the defense played. I feel bad for Vic Fangio. Yeah. Um, today for maybe the first, I don't know. Right. I think this is the first right. time I've ever said right. this. Yeah. Um, Vic Fangio put an incredible game plan together to slow down Pat Mahomes. Now, there's a couple drops in there that mm-hmm. really helped in big moments. Half um, of them by bad receivers. Yes, exactly. And that's that. Nicole Hartman's going to drop a ball. Right. Yeah. You Pringle's going to drop that. a ball. Right. Demarcus right. Robinson or whoever. Kelsey and Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill are had the one. Now that wasn't the best throw by Mahomes, but it hit both of Tyreek's hands. Fell right into a. And, and that was the lap. one where that, Kenny Young took the step yes. in, made Mahomes pump fake, and all of a sudden it's off rhythm. Yep. And Mahomes had to put it. Well, he didn't have to, but he did put it an extra step out in front of him. Couldn't get there. Bounced off his hands to Sertan. Yeah. Again, that's just a, that's a good play from the defense creating a tough play it's not you know like a wide open nine route that just went through his hands or something you'd still do expect him to complete it right right exactly but there were little things but forget that Vic Fangio put together an incredible plan and held Pat Mahomes to the worst passer rating of his career worst passer rating of his career kept him out of the end zone in the air and they held the Chiefs to 3.7 yards per attempt on the ground a winning, I mean, a winning game plan for 20 teams. Yeah. In KC. Yeah. I mean, any team that has a quarterback who can make a few plays over the course of a game. Look, they did not need Teddy Bridgewater to be great tonight. They needed Teddy Bridgewater to be above average. Above average would have won tonight. Or or even yep. to simplify more, just to not make mistakes. Just take what the defense gives you. If it's not there, throw it in completion. Throw it away, whatever. You just could not afford to give Patrick Mahomes extra possessions. Well, think about this. You take the pick six off the board, the Broncos have the ball with a chance to tie the game at the end. Yeah. That's nuts. That's all it takes. So that's that's the toughest part for Vic Fangio tonight. I really feel for him. Mm -hmm. Um, I feel like his quarterback and his offensive coordinator really let him down now. He's responsible for the offensive coordinator, yeah, um, yep. and he's the one who who employs that man, and he was failed by his own employees tonight. Tom McMahon falls in that category as well. Um, again, I never know how to blame, who to blame, how it goes in these sort of situations. I just think a well-coached unit doesn't let that sort of thing happen. Speaking of bad coaching on special teams, how about Deontay Spencer at the end of the half catching it? literally standing there kind of juking in space <laughs> then running to the opposite side of the field taking 11 seconds off the clock with when there's 16 total what he did pick up we... those two yards though. oh my gosh i mean <laughs> what are we now maybe pat maybe tom mcmahon's telling him just get down get down get down or yeah maybe he's telling him make a play but maybe he told him get down get down don't waste any time and deontay spencer went rogue well then kind of just like vic with pat that goes back on Tom McMahon. You got to have a different returner in there yes. if they're not going to listen to you. But I mean, just the Broncos probably weren't going to score there, but they literally gave themselves zero chance at yep. the end of the half. Why aren't they putting Drew Locke in there 
to throw a Hail Mary bomb? Why are they throwing a little screen pass for zero? What, what would have been like a pickup of 10 yards oh, or something? Oh, yeah, the one that was... Uh, yeah, what that was almost picked off for six. Yeah, what <laughs> I mean, just that whole sequence at the end of the game was awful on offense and on special teams. How about... Yes, I, I can't... Again, mm -hmm. offense and special teams. Can't agree more. Um, Deontay Spencer, that's like full. He went full Isaiah McKenzie. You never go full <laughs> Isaiah McKenzie. Yeah. Uh, Unless you're not on the Broncos, then maybe it's a right, good thing. right. But that's like, the thing, like especially if you're keeping a full-time returner, right. he is on the roster to yeah, be a yeah. returner. How and sure, you, like the roster yeah. wasn't all that talented. You weren't necessarily like, cutting somebody you're really going to miss. But you have another decent draft. There is no reason to be keeping a returner around unless he's making plays for you. If yeah. he fair catches that ball, I think he was right around like the 40-yard line, the opposite 40. Yeah. You've got a chance to throw, honestly, a 10-yard completion throw one up. and a try a 65-yard field goal. Yeah, absolutely. It's And then your failed uh, fourth and two on that 20-yard drive, then that goes away if, you, if you're able to make that field goal because then it's 10-6. It's what it would have been if you just kicked the field goal in that drive anyways, and then there you go. And then what does the defense do to start the second half? The defense put the clamps on uh, the, the Chiefs offense, gives the Broncos the ball with the chance to tie it up after everything that has gone wrong in the first half, and the Broncos offense just doesn't do anything with it. Yeah. I mean, to circle back to the overarching question of the segment, maybe you do make a firing uh, uh, of Pat Shermer just to send a message mm -hmm. to say, like, I'm in this for the now. We still have – we're still alive. That's an unacceptable mm -hmm. game plan. I hated the calls, blah, blah, blah. It's it's a card you can play. Yep. Yep. What I'm saying is just don't go to Mike Shula. We've already seen it, <laughs> and it was it was ugly. Yes, it was very ugly. Very ugly. And that is something that, guys, again, I would not be surprised if we wake up in the morning to the news that Vic Fangio has made a change, not on special teams, because there's nothing you're going to do there, but at the offensive coordinator position. It, it wouldn't shock me. Now, Vic can also just convince himself, Hey, in six days we're gonna be seven and six, even with Pat. So I'm just gonna ride with Pat for for now. Seven and six, man. Uh, I don't want to count, you know, count your chickens before they hatch. But you, I mean, think about what you did to Patrick Mahomes on defense today. Like, I, I'm expecting a shutout. Did you see? Did you see Jared Goff go down the field uh, for 30 uh, seconds for a touchdown? There were some plays just, today. I'm just kidding. I'm just, against. George Payton's former team. <laughs> I, I was thinking about that today, too. My Me girlfriend's too. a Vikings fan. We sat down and watched that whole game. And you just think, like, this guy does come from the staff who will be best known for giving $90 million to Kirk Cousins. Yeah. I just want to say. That's terrifying. I'm still very pro George Payton. Me too. Me too. I mean, Me too. all his guys are balling. Yeah. Me too. Steven Weatherly's out there with rec specs on, <laughs> wrecking plays. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, obviously, Pat Sertan and Javante Williams are both Big time hits from yep. him. Yep. Um, I, I, but yes, the Vikings. Tough, tough <laughs> look. And I mean, speaking of guys that are going to be extremely loyal to their coaches, that's the Minnesota Vikings. If George Payton has uh, has takes that from the Vikings, Vic Fangio's back next year unless this team goes over five. And, and yeah. that's just something to keep in the back of your mind when you come out and you say everyone should be fired. Everyone should be fired. If Vic keep or if if George Payton keeps the same philosophy that he had in Minnesota, it's gonna be have to be really bad for him to just fire everyone. It's gonna be really interesting, cause cause there's good wins in there. There's also some really bad losses in there. Yeah. And I don't necessarily think it's gonna come down to like playoffs or not playoffs or like I agree. eight wins or nine wins. It's gonna come down to 
does George Payton think that this is the guy who can maximize the talent and win games? And I I don't know what that conversation's even like at this point. And Honestly, one, you need another month of evaluation. And yeah. one part of this conversation that always gets lost is not always is Vic the guy, but is the guy out there? True. You know, and I think that's something that, you know, when we're talking, fire him, fire him, fire him. We always forget, well, who's who's available? Is it what Mike are the Shula options and Drew Locke? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Just right. very similar to the draft, and that's a conversation we're going to have for months and months. Is this the right time to draft a quarterback? Mm-hmm. I sure don't think so. Um, I know. And it's just going to be – it's really going to be interesting to see how these things go down the stretch. In the in the bar today, one of the first conversations I had, somebody saying, you know what, I think you just keep Teddy one more year. And you know what my response was? I was thinking, you know, I don't think you can keep Teddy on a one-year deal. I, I think somebody offers him two years and he takes that job security. After tonight, it's like, really? But right. – how, uh, how does that play out? What is Teddy worth on the open market? Because he's still one of the 32 best. What a lose-lose situation. It is crazy. At, you, <laughs> do you mean at quarterback, at coach, at OC, or uh, at uh, with the owners? Yeah. The <laughs> well, hopefully you get an owner who comes in with a strong vision. Um, I do hope that they believe in George Payton uh, and keep that in place. The two of them can put together uh, you know, a plan. Who was I reading about today? Mac Jones in the, first place. I, was, I think it was, <laughs> man, I want to say it was the Eagles. And there was just like a little line like in an that article energy. that said, um, the ownership wants a pass-happy offense. And I was just like, what a crazy thing. Right. Like ownership setting forth a vision. What does Joe Ellis want right now? <laughs> Out. Uh, he, yeah. <laughs> Out. <laughs> he wants to go right. to sleep. Right. Not my he problem. He wants to take a nap. Ta- I mean, talk about looking like George wanted to take a nap, John wanted to take a nap, and Joe wanted to take a nap. When they showed all three of those guys during the broadcast, you guys see that? Yeah. Oh, what a depressing box. why are they so far away yeah, from really? each other? <laughs> what is there to just talk depressing, about? depressing, right? <laughs> I just think, like, the three of us are in a box. Just the three of us. There's 20 seats in the box. I still think we sit three rows <laughs> right next to Maybe an empty We're seat. Right maybe an empty seat. <laughs> right, just right. So I go. One. I'll put my bag right there. Right, right, right. <laughs> We're still like within an earshot of each other. Yeah. It's so weird. They're all scattered around. Uh, the here box. it comes. Everybody brace yourself. <laughs> oh, <laughs> like, man. do you think they like don't necessarily talk? They just like ex- say like expressions like, God damn it. Yeah. And then like, grunt. Uh, <laughs> uh, Teddy. Yeah. Uh, uh. Well, the Broncos offense needs some energy. If you need some energy, hit up our friends over at Strava Craft Coffee, the absolute best around in CBD-infused coffee. It's rich, it's tasty, and it does have that CBD infusion, which can help you with like joint pain, knee pain, uh, headaches, that sort of thing. IBS even, some people have said that it's helped them with that. Um, there's a lot of different benefits of CBD-infused coffee, so check it out. When you love it, you're going to want to sign up for a Strava Craft Coffee subscription. They'll send it straight to your door every two, four, six, or eight weeks. At a 20% discount, you'll never have to put in your credit card information. But reminder, you can get your first order for 25% off when you use the code DNVR25. So check out our friends over at Strava Craft Coffee and use that code DNVR25. DraftKings hooked me up yesterday, guys. I mean... Bama as an underdog? Oh, my goodness. Absolutely. <laughs> Not only did Vegas give me Bama plus six and a half, and then Bama plus 200, plus 210. But then DraftKings came in and said, we're going to sweeten it. We're going to give you two 
50% profit boost. I said, oh, this is fantastic. I'm going to use one on Bama plus six and a half and one on Moneyline. Money and nice. holy cow, did I make it rain. And guys, that's what's so cool about DraftKings is even when you're signed up for a long time, they're still throwing awesome things your way. Just like that. I mean, I feel like every week in college ball, they're throwing 33%, 50% boost all the time. They're doing it for the NFL as well. So there's no better place to be than DraftKings Sportsbook to get in on all of the action. And guys are still offering that great deal for new users. If you bet $1 on any NFL team, if that team scores a point in the game, or if any point is scored in that game, you'll get $100 in free bets. And no better way to start off your account than $100 in free bets. So head to the App Store now. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code DNVR when you sign up to get this offer. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Finally, check out Hassle Cattle Company. Wagyu beef. That's affordable for any man or woman. That's why they call it the Blue Collar Wagyu. And you can get it at a discount for 10% off when you use the code DNVR10. So make sure you do so. You can also get free shipping on any order over $200. That's 200 and to be honest, you're going to want 200 bucks. plus you'll get that 10% off with the DNVR10 code. Uh, incredible deal, incredible beef. Check out Hassle Cattle Company, H-A-S-S-E-L-L cattlecompany.com. Absolutely. Should we jump into some super chats? Yeah, we got plenty Talk of them. The people. Let's see what the people have to say. All right, uh, first one from Chico. It says Broncos defense shut down KC offense, but the offense couldn't even score. How do you hold Mahomes to under... Uh, what does that say? 130. Oh, in the third quarter and 13 points and can't win. Is there any way to make those a little bit bigger for us there, Kale? It's absolutely inexcusable, uh, Chico. I mean, th- there's there's no no way to defend the offense, and it, it's crazy after a pretty much a blowout, what felt like a blowout loss, where the Broncos don't cover a nine and a half point spread. That we're okay when we're kind of happy with the job Vic Fangio did. It's crazy. That just shows you how bad it was on the other side. It's going to hit me more tomorrow what a loss opportunity this yep. was. That's sure. a great way to put it. Uh, right Massive now, loss yeah, opportunity. Yeah, right now I'm just mad about the offense. Like, It's just so disgusting what they put out there, and like that's so that's so upsetting. Yep. Tomorrow is when it's going to be, wow. Yep. I cannot believe how it was just on a silver platter for them to be in first place. Vic Fangio's signature win. The Broncos changed the tide. You know, it could have been the the win that propelled them to where we look back uh, uh, two years from now and say that's the one that turned the tide mm-hmm. for the Broncos. All those things were right there for them, and they could not put together a single competent drive when before garbage time. And and like I said earlier, you well, win so your next. I shouldn't take single competent drive. A single competent. Touchdown scoring drive. Or just scoring drive, pretty (laughs) much. (laughs) Like I said earlier, you win your next two, you're at a 31% chance of the playoffs. You need to win their next two. They win tonight, they're at 55. Yeah, we talked about this. Regardless of what happens. Yeah. It's a 55% to 15% swing. Yeah. And and that's why, but they were at 27 before the game. So Mm -hmm. it's only a 12% hit. But it was, was, you know, Zach kept saying it all week. Everything to gain, not much to lose. Mm Mm-hmm. And then your defense goes out there with just an epic yeah. performance. Yeah. Um, and, and it's so sad. You know, this is when you know, because I went through this all year with the buffs. That ball gets tipped up, and I see it land in Pat Sertan's hands. 
And then he gets touched down right there, and I'm just like, uh, uh, worthless. Yeah, yeah. yeah. If, the defense it's got to be a pick it. six. Right. Reset right. the offense. When the, when They've the, got to get back across the 40. You know, when the Justin Simmons, when I, I really thought it was going to get overturned at first, um, the whole like, oh, well, once it when it's not in slow motion, it doesn't look like he did it. He did the things. He got both feet down, <laughs> and he went to stiff arm. That's a football move. In my opinion, should have been a catch and fumble. I knew they weren't going to overturn it once I saw the replay. But in before we in during the commercial break, I'm thinking it doesn't matter, right. because they they right. took six off the board. It's going to end in three. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. Lucky if it would have ended in three. I don't know if the offense is getting a single. How about the start to the game, guys? Your first play, you get nine yards. The next five plays, <laughs> you get negative seven yards. It's just so tough to look through though, because you know there's a lot of people saying you got pound the ball more, feed Javante more. It's like okay, pick up nine yards. He goes backwards on the second play, third and two. You've got seen two, or like, you're 50-50 on your runs. Right. You just throw the ball, I can't fault him throwing the ball. The, the next drive, they pick up two yards with a run. No, one yard with a run. It's second and nine. You're, I, I know everybody hates when they run on second and nine. I've heard it for years. Yeah. You can't do that. They right. throw the ball, incomplete, right. third and nine. It's not even a question, so you punt. And so you go through those, and when do they do that more? It just, it was brutal. It was brutal. That's what I've been saying about Pat Shermer for a while. I feel like he really struggles with flow. Right. There's a flow to calling a game, um, you know, like when and you watch first 15 too. Uh, obviously, it's so much easier for them because they're so supremely talented. But just watch the way that Al and this is giving credit to Bill O'Brien of all people. <laughs> watch the way that Alabama calls the game. It's I say I've said it once. I've said it, you know, a million times. It's like telling a story when you call a game. There, you're you're building on things. You're you have a rising action and then a climax, and you know it's all, you know it's all like building a story. It doesn't feel like Pat Shermer has any grasp for that. All right, what else we got? Uh, from Ian B, the checkdowns, timidity, lack of urgency, ambivalent body language when trailing. Sims recently said, "quote Teddy is a politician at quarterback." Rings true. Hey, at least he uh, threw his body in there on the pick six. <laughs> he did. He, did he, he, he dove and threw his shoulder in there. And as I tweeted out, maybe he just knew he can't tackle. That's why he didn't try <laughs> oh, last man. time. I mean, he he looked like me. Just He looked like he bounced off him. The, I said this in our Madden chat. One of the biggest indictments of the Broncos offense over the last few years, they make Dan Sorensen look like a good football player. How Constantly. bad was he this year? He's so terrible. Far. Yeah, he's really bad. That's <laughs> yeah, a good. The point. Broncos. He's I, someone. I think said he scored three touchdowns against the Broncos in the no. last few years. No, that made me more touchdowns more than the Broncos touchdown, yes. scored. Oof. Oh my gosh, that's a tough one. Yikes! He definitely has two. Yep. Oh, that the is scooping score and a pick six. That is so bad. It's unbelievable, and he like. He's literally uh, getting memed on Twitter every single week for screwing up. Yeah. They couldn't take advantage of him once? Nope. Nope. He's taking advantage of them. Steve. Steve go ahead. Steven says, Broncos are going to miss the playoffs and miss out on a top 10 pick. So glad we have become the Sacramento Kings of the NFL. Aren't the Sacramento Kings really bad? Like, always? Like, like yeah. they get the top 10 pick every time? They do. But, but I mean, my thing is, this is the NFL, not the NBA. I don't think being that middle tier team is that big of a deal. It hurts when it comes to getting it's a quarterback. Really true. When it when it comes to getting a quarterback, it's tough. Right. But there's there's good players all throughout. Fifteenth pick in the NBA is like awful. It oh, does it's you terrible. you you could trade it for whatever. And you it get you know, MPJ like out of that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. But that's the thing, is just like yeah, you got 
what, Sertan at nine. You could have picked four picks later and gotten Micah Parsons. But you say unless you need a quarterback yeah. and the Broncos need a quarterback. Not this Unfortunately, year. I really don't <laughs> think it matters this It doesn't year. matter with the quarterbacks uh, the Bron- this year. <laughs> this, is a, this is like a galaxy brain take, but the Broncos might actually be better off not having a top five pick this year and not having the opportunity to reach on one of these quarterbacks. Yeah. And the other thing is you – if every time you get to the point in the season where you're like, ah, oh, we're probably not making the playoffs, and you tank, well, then you wind up just tanking and then building back and then tanking and taking. Once you hit the bottom and you get the number five pick, that's when you start to rebound. You can't just be pushing yourself back down. At some point, you need to build the culture. At some point, you need to convince, you know, Cortland Sutton to stay for less money, for to convince free agents that this is a place worth coming. And who knows, maybe you hit a home run like when Peyton Manning was around. You say, oh, Peyton, look. Somehow this team made the playoffs. Look what you can do with it. He's like, that is a playoff team, isn't it? I can turn that into a Super Bowl contender. And nobody said that was a playoff team a couple months earlier. That's what I said was the biggest advantage of the Broncos potentially making the playoffs this year is one of those veteran quarterbacks, whether it's Aaron Rodgers or Russell Wilson, Mm -hmm. looking over here and saying, if Teddy Bridgewater can get them to the playoffs, I can get them to the Super Bowl. Yep. And this is another good reminder that the Broncos are close, still closer to the playoffs than they are not just top five pick, top Top 10 10. pick. The top 10 is like spoken for at this point. Yeah, exactly. So, So when you say the Broncos should start Drew next week because it gives them the best chance to lose and tank, we're past the tanking point. Yeah. They're, they're going to go, they're going to be seven and six. It is crazy to look yes. at the AFC. With four, with four yes. games left. Yes, and then they're way closer to the playoffs yeah. than a top 10 pick. The Dolphins were sitting there 13th out of 16 in the AFC. They would have been in the playoffs in the NFC. And there's still a few weeks left, but this just middle of the pack in the AFC is just a brutal place to be right now because it's really hard to get into the playoffs. Yep. And it's also really hard to gain draft position. It is. Everybody's right there. Next one's Alaska Press. And yet again, the DNVR bar was the highlight of the night. Thanks, guys, for making a shit game fun. Great seeing you both. <laughs> Much love and God bless. Always great seeing you, Alaska Preston. Love seeing you. And really everyone down here. It's just yeah. I, I wish I could bottle the the vibes before the game oh. and just keep them forever. Man, it would you. It, the, the bar is so much fun. So much fun. One of these days we're going to get a big win here. Yeah. Uh, there's, still oper- there's still time for it. There still is. Two and more big division games where we'll all be at the bar. It's crazy to think like seven and six Bron- the Broncos might get flexed again at some point. Yeah. Because they're going to keep playing really important games in the division. Last yep. game of the season is at home against the Chiefs. You turn that into the one to decide nine or ten wins. Or who knows, maybe nine wins does get you in. Maybe the NFL will say, well, we don't really want the Broncos on prime time anymore. And you know what? <laughs> Shout out to the fans who uh, did not want this game to be flexed. And then last week we were giving them shit for, uh, you know, yep. why don't you want this game flexed? Well, this is why. They got embarrassed. Yep. I would say... It was still a net positive for the Broncos to be on primetime tonight. I think so, too. Uh, they showed out their defense. Javante Williams became a star. Yep. Pat Sertan got Sertan. to flex his muscles a little bit. Yep. I think the, like the brand of the Broncos grew tonight. The casual fan, NFL fan, looked at this game and said, oh, Teddy Bridgewater is bad. He said <laughs> and that's the big takeaway. I, I really do think they came away saying, wow, if the Broncos had a quarterback, they'd be good. Probably, yeah. Yeah, maybe. I mean, they what they did against Mahomes. From uh, Bracken Schweider. What a name. I'm convinced we sold our soul for Peyton Manning. No matter who is coaching the offense, we always end up doing well between the 20s but stalling in the red zone. That's a quarterback thing. Uh, also, here, here's uh, something to help the offense. Maybe hire an offensive guy. 
it to start because you are not going to be able to get a high, or I shouldn't say you're not going to be. It's much harder to get a great offensive mind if you're hiring him to be your offensive coordinator. If you're hiring him to be your head coach, you can pull from any offensive coordinator in the league. Mm-hmm. Start there, and then obviously, I mean, don't start there. Start with the quarterback, but then that also helps. And that's I still just, don't think yeah. Vic's getting fired. Mm, I mean, we'll see. Look at what he did tonight. He didn't fail the team. I just, when I look at I'm this I'm not saying season, it's what I would do. I'm right. just telling yeah. you what I feel. Man, he was so good tonight. I, I know George Payton knows yeah. that. When I look at the season, though, there's just so many times where I feel like they've underperformed. And, like, maybe they've gotten the results or maybe whatever. But and you Vic, just look game to game. It's just like, oh, Vic God. doesn't press the right buttons in situations a lot of times, too. I, and trust me, I'm not calling him a great coach. I don't think he's getting fired. I really don't. And, and again, if you lose to the Lions, the wheels come right. off, whatever. Even if you beat the Lions and lose the last four, there's still opportunities for this thing to go. But I'm saying right now, to me, he's okay. not going anywhere. Last note on the Peyton Manning content, or comment, I was looking through Twitter and something popped up today. I don't know why, but it was just Peyton and some of his highlights and just him getting the ball and taking two steps up in the pocket and his feet are so sharp. And he's just pounding the ball wherever it needs to go. And you're just like, wow, look at the balls on that guy. Just let the pocket form around him and step up and wear the hit if it comes and find somebody to throw it to. And usually it's just that split second. And then you watch Teddy. And it's like, no offense to Teddy, but he's so quick to run out of the pocket and bail. And it's just, and he Peyton just was just see, so special. He doesn't see it before the snap. That was one thing that yeah. I felt like was one of the biggest differences. Those two first tonight. third downs. Well, you look at, you know, Pat Mahomes, and you and I were looking at it. Henry, there's a, you know, the Broncos have two DBs stacked over two wide receivers who are stacked. Mm-hmm. And Pat Mahomes just looks and he sees which one the close corner is going for and just throws it to the other one. And so it's just like a flat route. And it's a, it's nine yards because yeah. you have, you know, one DB 10 yards off, one's up on the line. Well, the one on the line takes the slant or whatever it is. The other guy just runs to the flat. It's like Peyton Manning was the king of that, right? Mm-hmm. Here's what are you going to give me? I'll take it every single time. Teddy Bridgewater doesn't see that stuff before the snap. It feels like he's reacting in real time after the ball is like coming to his hands. And then you look at those two first third downs as well, where you have seven defenders up on the line of scrimmage, eight defenders up on the line of scrimmage. They rush five of them. You have five blockers. But somehow, they're never blocking the five guys who are actually going at the quarterback, and there's somebody running free. And that's not just on Teddy. Like, you would love to have a center who is out there looking. It's like, oh, here's here's what I see. This guy needs to be in coverage, whatever. But Lloyd Cushenberry, in his second year in the NFL, is not going to be Jeff Saturday or Jason Kelsey or one of those guys. Peyton Manning or, or, or Teddy needs to just see what is happening there yeah. and, and figure it out for himself because he's the veteran. It's really interesting what you mentioned the center. Um, I recently talked with a player who has played with Jason Kelsey mm-hmm. and Lloyd Cushenberry. And, and they weren't taking a shot at Lloyd Cushenberry in any sense, but they said in Philadelphia, they put everything on Jason Kelsey. Mm-hmm. He's in charge of the entire protections. Mm-hmm. In Denver, they don't expect anything of the center. Uh, other than, you know, just the standard operation. And it's just so interesting, the value of having a guy like that in Kelsey who can point everything out rather than having to put it on the quarterback. The quarterback's not doing it well either. Speaking of Lloyd, how about him just getting blown up by a linebacker? Oh, my goodness, that was crazy. I'm glad that Lloyd's okay. Yeah. And, guys, bringing this, bringing this back to, to Peyton and uh, Teddy, the unfortunate thing is 
Teddy's the 20th best quarterback in the NFL, give or take a little bit. It's not the easiest to just replace him in a downdraft of quarterbacks. The Broncos, if they don't yeah. get Aaron Rodgers or Russell Wilson, which obviously is plan A, I'd rather have Teddy than Matt Ryan than some of these. It, Kirk Cousins is George a hot George Payton threw he 90 million. He just lost to the 0 in 10 and 1 Detroit Lions to make them 1 10 and 1. I don't want him for $30 million. So, I mean, that's that's really the huge bummer of this thing. Vikings had six you can do. games decided on the last play of the game this year. They're two and four in those games. Woo. Patch uh, it with wow. Minshew. Why not? I, I wanted Minshew before Teddy. Why All right, what not? Else we got? You, you think the Eagles want to move on from Minshew? No, I don't no. think so. We'll see. With uh, from yeah. James, end, uh, uh, end of the day, maybe. Teddy ain't the answer. End of the, yeah. Uh, team is good. We just need a quarterback. Defense was great, and run was there. Teddy's arm too weak to throw in conditions. Really good point. We hadn't brought it up. It was windy out there. It might have been one of the reasons why Mahomes was a little bit off, too. Um, and definitely, if Mahomes is struggling with the wind, Teddy Bridgewater's really going to struggle with the wind. No one's saying Teddy's the answer. Uh, no. The long-term mm -hmm. answer brought Broncos quarterback. The bummer is he may still be the starting quarterback in 2022. Uh, just depending on, on what options are out there. If they do so make tough. a change, it's going to be a change for change sake type of thing because they know that they won't be able to get any fan excitement out of Teddy Bridgewater. Yep. I, mean, I just don't even know it's, who it's they sort go like to. They got rid of Simeon, right, just because they needed to move on from that. They got rid of Case Keenum because they just needed to get out from under that. It's kind of like that. You if you were able to get Gardner Minshew, people can get a lot more excited about that than they can over Teddy Bridgewater. Even if he goes out next season, and plays worse, worse than Teddy. Yeah. And, you know, there's six quarterbacks in this draft who are basically interchangeable. Three of them are going to be there in the second round. Snag one of them and say, uh, screw it. We're, uh, we're as gonna, long as you aren't making some sort of long-term yeah, commitment. But you just say, we're going to throw him out there. We're going to play him. It's probably not going to work. We're probably going to break him. If he pops, he pops. If not, hopefully it's a better quarterback class next year. Oh. <laughs> I don't trust Last them to think that, that. What else do you do? I don't trust them What to else think do you one. do? Steve says the Chiefs were playing scared in this game. Broncos will go undefeated against the Chiefs in 2022. Let's I love go. it. Seeing the Chiefs not want to push the ball right before the half was mm -hmm. the, the biggest feather in the cap of the defense tonight. It's honestly like Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes know they're going to play a really good defensive game plan, and they just get scared the whole game. Patrick Mahomes had time to throw a lot of the time, and he looked like Justin Herbert last week where he's throwing mm -hmm. off his back foot. He's looking to run when there's when he doesn't really need to run at all. It's just it, it's a credit to Vic Fangio and what he's done against Patrick Mahomes. And, yeah, Andy Reid truly playing scared, just like Steve said it and like you brought up, Ryan. Just shocking. It was shocking <laughs> to see. I couldn't yeah. believe it. I was I've they ran it on first down, and I was like, they're trying to run this thing out. You should call timeout just to spite them. How many, how they many, didn't actually after first down. They did after second down. Did yeah. the Chiefs run any, like, trick plays or fun plays or anything like we're used to seeing when they're not playing the Broncos? I feel like they were too afraid to do th no. those as well. They didn't throw yeah, anything I mean, just their scrimmage. standard stuff, which is so appealing to me. Like, you run <laughs> Tyreek Hill into the flat, and everyone runs with him, and then there's just, like, a little five-yard comeback. That's wide open because everyone ran with Tyreek Hill. It's like, oh, the Broncos don't have any stuff like this. Or this is incredibly, exactly. Or this is incredibly damning. Andy Reid said, we don't need to do any special things because this deep, Oof. this offense isn't going to be able to score. And heck, I don't you know want to waste my trick plays on this team because their offense isn't going to be able to score. Is it damning of the Chiefs that Pat Shermer thought the same thing? Because <laughs> <laughs> I didn't see anything special from him either. No, you are right. We still haven't seen the Jet sweep <laughs> handed off.
No, I did see Kendall Hinton do it only about two yards past Teddy this time. We also saw the uh. orbit motion actually thrown uh, to Jerry Judy twice in a row. Yes, I, how about that? I love the Jerry game. Judy fake getting the hand yeah, up. Oh my gosh. He just gosh. goes to every oh time when he gosh. gets right there. It's so bad. Over. It's so Like, bad. nobody would believe it, but I just love the commitment. If, and if I, he, uh, you know what he needs to do to actually sell that is when he gets the handoff, do that as well. Like he just exactly. got punched in the gut. <laughs> exactly. Uh, was it you or Andre who said Javante should just follow that on one of those handoffs? <laughs> that because, was me. Yeah. The, the defense doesn't <laughs> right, trust. Right, doesn't right. believe the ball's That's ever going. Yeah, the defense yeah. looks and says the ball is not right there. Not there yeah. The ball has it. never been right there before. Javante just follows him. Jack Bailey <laughs> says. I mean, at least both running backs did good. Defense did good, and Judy did okay. Uh, Judy just stat packed at yep. the end of the game, which yeah. whatever yeah. a lot of players do that it'll it'll do wonders for his end of season stats yeah he was open um, javante williams also padded his stats late in the game yep but he didn't need to, to to prove he had a good game but he went from like 140 to 180 he padded his stats in the receiving area a ton yep. but not the running game no, it, the, no those 102 yards were legit yep he's special he's special yep. alaska Preston uh has another one here pookie is my rookie shirt coming Ooh. Yeah, we'll see He's not going to be a rookie for much longer. That's true. Especially not to blame everything <laughs> on the supply chain. But by the time we get those damn shirts, he might not be a rookie anymore. Supply chains. Final super chat. Uh, this game shows Vic will be back with our defensive showing. I think George has a plan, and Pat is probably not involved. Yeah, I think that's it, safe to say. Yeah, it's hard to, it's hard to imagine uh, that this entire coaching staff is back next year uh, at, after this performance. And also on top of that, guys, we've now heard Vic say that the offense needs to get better. We've heard George say the offense needs to get better, and that was before tonight. So, yes, I wouldn't be surprised if in 12 hours there's a coaching change at offensive coordinator and certainly expected that there will be an, at least an offensive coordinator change at the end of the season. Have you seen any comments from Vic? Anything eye-opening? You know what Vic said today? One of the only comments I saw was just asked about you know, the game and not being able to score. He said the defense needs to do more. And so good for Vic for, for not calling out other people. And no, the defense doesn't no. really need to do more, Vic. Uh, you know, you, you almost got a forced fumble there. Uh, sure, you would like to see Pat Sertan not fall down and run 80 yards for a pick. Yeah, sure. Vic, you did enough today, and he didn't throw anyone under the bus. But my guess is, you know, that in, in, inside, he's fuming. Great, great job for uh, Pat Sertan to not get a late hit on Patrick Mahomes. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Pat. That's, that's what I'm uh, chalking it up to. <laughs> He's earned enough goodwill for me to write that one off. Yeah, oh, that's a play has. right there on the TV. Yeah, yeah and of yeah. course what Ryan's referring to is Pat, Pat Sertan pulled up when he could have hit Patrick Mahomes. I would have loved to seen Pat Sertan hit him. Uh, and uh, he didn't. He pulled up. It was a bad play. I think didn't we all would have to see him get hit. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> did we see Patrick Mahomes take a hit tonight? He got, he he got sacked, but it was a self-sack. But it wasn't himself. hit. Yeah, yeah. No, he wasn't hit. He so wasn't I mean, I'm do sure they got one at the end of a throw, but it's not enough. Um, Man, we'll hear how Bradley Chubb had, you know, impacts and sacks aren't everything, mm -hmm. but. No sacks. Bradley Chubb. Yeah, Wheel of Destiny tonight was a strip sack for the Broncos. They didn't even get close. No. I mean, no. early in the game, every time they passed the ball, one of the Broncos was getting pancaked. Yeah. There, and there were so many times where the pocket would kind of collapse and you just kind of leak out. And you know, maybe this is where you miss Von Miller. It's tough to say on the, in a game where the defense was good, but he's your closer. He's yep. the guy who, when everything gets chaotic, 
that he's the one who actually is going to go get the sack, and uh, there was just no way. I will that. say the defense wasn't good. They were elite. Yeah, they were. They were. Really they were and wait, shout out to Von Miller, first win in seven games. Is that what it wasn't a six-game losing streak for Vaughn? Yeah, because he didn't play. He was on the team right, but didn't right, play right. in the yep, Washington yep, yep, game. Yep, yep. So good for Vaughn getting his first win. Good for Vaughn uh, against the Jags. He's beat them twice this year. <laughs> How about that? <laughs> Must be nice. Can the Broncos play the Jags again? I would. Hey, they play someone even worse next That's week. That's true. That's but true. But on a one-game winning streak. We'll have uh, plenty of time to talk about the lions as we expected broncos trending in the wrong direction lions trending in the right direction coming into this game yeah. i never thought i'd hear that <laughs> phrase lions trending in the right direction oh, my goodness boy. where are we i'm calling a shutout now there we go i love it which this, team uh, what is it don't pick that for the DraftKings oh, promotion on no, no zero zero ties <laughs> yes. uh, yeah i watched that whole game this morning <sighs> are how different are the Broncos from the Vikings? Uh, you hope different. A little different. I mean, you have to, right? <laughs> you have to hope. The defense way has better. to be better. Yeah. 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 I'm thinking shut out three Jared Goff picks. All right. That is going to wrap it up for us here. Um, what a letdown. Just a massive letdown for the Broncos. And again, no one expected them to win this game. But the defense did win the game in my eyes. And the offense lost the game in spectacular fashion. Uh, and that's what's so frustrating. It's maybe predictable. doesn't make it any less frustrating when, when the team can't make plays with an opportunity like that right in front of them. Uh, we'll talk a little bit more about this tomorrow before we start moving on to next week. Broncos are, are still alive. It's crazy to say they don't feel like a good team. They're 6-6. Six and six, And they are very likely going to be 7-6 and six a week from today. Um, so it's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting to see what happens down this home stretch. If you would have, if I would have told you seven and six, now again, I'm counting my chickens before I hatch. I'm probably, I'll regret that later. If I would have told you six and six at this point, uh, before the season, would you have taken it? Yeah, you would have, because this is the first time they've been relevant in one five more, years. It's more, one more win than they had last year, right? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. As crazy as that is. You would have taken it. So. Anyways, uh, plenty more to talk about, plenty more to discuss, maybe some moves coming. Of course, we'll be right back here on YouTube uh, talking all about it. So check us out. Appreciate you guys for tuning in. Hit us with a thumbs up on your way out and hit a thumbs up to MSU Denver, of course, because MSU Denver is our presenting sponsor of the show. Rigorous and affordable programs taught by professors to bring the real world into the classroom. MSU Denver, the best place to go if you're looking to work a full-time job while you further your education because MSU Denver students work twice as many hours as, student, as students attending any other college institution. But and for Henry... Ryan, really quick, tomorrow morning we'll be going live on YouTube, so make sure to tune in in the morning. Alright, there you go. For Henry, for Zach, I'm RK. We'll catch you guys later.